Hello, and welcome back to another episode on the Kingdom Connections podcast. I am joined today by the amazing, the incredible Lissa Biggins. So she is a Christian life coach, and she is all about letting believers know that we have plenty of time to do all of the things that you've called us to do. Lissa is a wife, a mom of three. She's launched three kids out of the house. She knows all about life that happens, <laughs> but she has this understanding. And I love that we speak the same language that we just need to say yes to God. And so today we're going to talk about all things time. And I know that Lissa has so many practical things as well to share um, about this topic of time. But also, I just know that it's going to be such an encouragement to every one of you listening that whatever God has called you to do, you have more than enough time to do it. And so welcome, welcome, Lissa. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for the invitation. I, this is a great way to invest time uh, with someone like you. So I just want to jump right in. Um, I know that when we were talking back and forth, and really I was just sharing my thoughts and ideas, one of the things that, um, that really stuck out that I feel like we as believers, when God calls us to something, it's almost like we feel instantly this can't be the right time. This can't be the right season. And we're always tempted. I, I know this is true for me, um, but I think it's true for a lot of us that it's got to be for another season. Like, that's great, God. I, I want to do that for you, but surely it's not for right now. So can you just speak into that? Hmm. Wow. Such a powerful thing. Time is, right? Because yes. it's a gift that we have, and yet it's so hard to make it tangible, right? Because it's not something we can like see necessarily. Yes, we can measure it, but time always seems to go faster than we, you know, expect or we want it to go. And so I yeah. feel like this ebb and flow and this constant, you know, the, the, this constant thing that we we either inadvertently are are you know just spending or we're being intentional about and kind of going back and forth between the two of those right like every minute of your life up until now has filled itself with something if you weren't intentional mm -hmm. about where it went and so it is something we have to think about for the rest of our lives and and I'll say like I've learned a lot of it the hard way right the way of not. <laughs> Not doing it, not having the right perspective on my time, not using it well and investing it in the things that really mattered most and using it as an excuse, you know? So when you said uh, like, oftentimes our response is, well, this, I don't feel like this is time, right? It can either be that, or it can just be just a blanket. Gosh, I don't have time for that. Right. It, I never yes. have enough time to do whatever else I'm already, is already on my plate. How in the world would I, you know, fill in the blank with whatever we feel God leading and what you alluded to really is the crux of what God showed me when I was in my thirties and I was just struggling. So my husband was in the military. He was deployed. I was home by myself with those three kids. Of course they you were there. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, I would, you want me to go back and start that over? They're not coming through. I'm not hearing you now. Hang on. Let me check my, let me check my sound stuff. I didn't check change anything, but nope, I'm not hearing you now either. How about now? 
There we go. Now I hear you. Okay. I don't know what that was. I'm not sure, but thank the Lord for editing. So, right. <laughs> well, we can go back and start, you know, like if you want to ask me a question, then I can go straight into answering it. If that's a better way to do it or what do you want to do? You can just pick back up. You were just about to dive into talking about we can use time as an excuse and it's not the right season or the blanket statement. That's where it cut off. So maybe okay. you can right there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, oftentimes we use time as an excuse, right? Or we just say blank, a blanket statement like, I don't have enough time. You know, already I have hardly met a woman who feels like she has more than enough time, right? Usually we feel yeah. the lack rather than the enough, let alone the abundance. Wow. And so that is, you know, something that I think that we, we let that get in the way. And yet it's very easy to point our finger at our external circumstances, right? Whether it's the season of life we're in, whether it's the season of the year as we come up towards the holidays, whether it's, you know, something that's going on in our business or in our family or in our health or whatever that external thing is. And yet here's the reality. When those things pass, because they do, there are seasons, mm -hmm. very often the time issue doesn't get better and doesn't go away. Wow. Right? Have you ever said like, you know, when my kids leave the house or when they grow up and can finally drive themselves places or, you know, whatever that is like, then life is going to be so much less busy. And yet I talk to so many empty nest moms in this midlife stage of life. And they're like, life is just as busy, if not more. Right. And so really realizing it wasn't a matter of my circumstances. It wasn't all the stuff going on outside of me. It's really what I believe is a heart issue. And wow. what I found is when I have conversations with women and I ask them this question, how is life lately? Do you know what answer I hear most often? Hmm. Some form of the word busy, right? Busy, 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 always busy, staying busy, right? Like we wear busy, like a badge of honor, hmm. you know, it makes us feel validated or important or needed when we're busy. And it just you know, we're always going and doing something, especially as Christian women, right. Who are also probably moms and wives and maybe running a business to have a podcast, all these different things. Um, but really busy is not just a disordered schedule or to-do list. It's a disordered heart, which is why when we point the finger at the calendar or the people around us and say, you know, if I could just get my calendar ordered, then everything would be great. Yes. Guess what happens? That order goes to disorder. If our heart is not in the right place in valuing the right things, because that is always what's going to determine where our time is spent. And so I really think it comes down to what we're believing about who we are and whose we are and the time that he has given us. Yeah. Because if he thought we needed more than 24 hours in a day, guess what? He would have given us more than 24 hours in a day. And yeah. he didn't, he gave us exactly 24 hours. And we can trust that he knows exactly what we need. And he is a God of abundance and he gives us plenty for what it is that he's called us to. I think the problem is we say yes to all these other things. Right. And then we're like, ah, I don't have time. There's never enough time. Right. I think you just, so there were two things. So one, when you were talking about the mindset, we step into things and we were operating already from a lack mentality. I already don't have enough time, right? Instead mm -hmm. of remembering whose we are, remembering that we we can, I believe, operate even outside of time because 
we're God's children, right? Mm-hmm. And he's given us, we, we operate in that abundance. And so I feel like that is a huge thing. But then what you just said um, about saying yes, <laughs> I'm wondering if that could be like one of the biggest challenges of really moving forward and being so purposeful and so intentional that many times, I know I've been very guilty of this in different seasons of my life, saying yes to so many things because I feel like they're good things Hmm. and they may be very well good things, but are they the things that God is calling us to? And is he calling us to say yes to all of these things right now? Right. And not discerning or even stepping back and saying, God, is this for me? Like, this is a good thing. And I have this passion and this is what I want to do, but is it, is it for me right now? And should I say yes to it? Mm, Yeah. We feel like we say yes to so many things that God really never intended us to do. Exactly. I call them the shuns, expectations, obligations, and distractions, right? I mean, how often are our lives ruled by all those things you know, that we could or should do, right? Obligations, those, those things we feel like, you know, this is my role as a wife or a mom or a friend, or even in my business or church or community. Right. And, and so we're, we're doing things because we feel like we should. And then we've got other people's expectations of us, right? Like the things all they think, you know, matter, and they think that we should be doing. And so we can be anywhere on that spectrum of people pleasers, but I think all of us are somewhere right? Where it does matter, at least at some level, what other people think of us. And, you know, and we're, we're natural caretakers, we're nurturers, we're givers, like that's how God designed us as women. And so of course we're going to pour out, right. And then we have distractions, right? We have these digital devices that follow us around like an extra appendage, uh, you know, 24 or show you a little red number, but it keeps like triggering something that's going to take me away. And let's be honest, you know, when you're on your phone, it's not filling, it's usually numbing, right. Or, you know, it's just sucking up time. How often have you gotten on your phone thinking, I'm just going to check this one thing. I'm going to do this one thing. Right. And it ends up being, you know, 20 minutes later, an hour later, whatever it is. And you're like, oh my goodness, where did the time go? Because we said yes to something that really wasn't what mattered most in the moment. And we just gave our time away. And I think we underestimate how much time we give away to less important things, right? Like, I don't think we always pay attention to that. You know, I I just had a conversation with a woman on my podcast about finances. And I think there are so many parallels between our time and our money, right? They are both gifts from God, right? He is the one who owns all of it. And guess what? We don't get to take any of it with us when we leave, right? It all will, will be left behind. And yet we have a choice to, as to what we do with it, right. To be a good steward of it. And am I going to just spend this, right. Which I may get a cute pair of shoes. You know, I may get, you know, a little fun video that I watched with my time or whatever, but, or am I going to invest it? Am I going to put this into something that's going to bring a return? And ultimately that's building his kingdom, which is going to last, not just mine, because (laughs) ours is not going to last beyond our lifetime. Hmm. You know, I think when we think of stewardship, it's easier to think of it in terms of our finances versus how are we stewarding our time? Mm. But 
I feel like you really nailed three things. The shuns. I wrote that down because that was so good. The expectations, the obligations, and the distractions. So expectations, what are the expectations that what we're putting on ourselves or what other people put on Mm -hmm. us? Can you talk a little bit more about, um, I think we all can agree that we know about distractions, but expectations and obligations. Mm, Can you touch more on, on those two things? Sure, sure. So obligation is something I feel comes from inside of us. We feel obligated to do something. We feel like it's a, you know, something I should do. So these are all the shouldas, right? These are the the things that I should do. I should do this to be a good wife. I should do this to be a good mom. I should do this to be a good Christian or a good business owner or whatever that is. And maybe, you know, maybe there is some truth to it. It's not a bad thing, but is it coming from a heart of I'm doing this out of, you know, something I feel like I have to do um, versus what God's calling me to do. Um, right. And so, you know, for example, you know, maybe the obligation has something to do with, um, you know, something in our home and, you know, having it at this, at this level of cleanliness, right. Not a bad thing to have our homes, you know, uh, functioning in that way. And yet we can put such, it's, it's almost like it's an internal expectation, right. An obligation is that internal expectation. It's what I put on myself. Um, and then I feel like I have to meet this standard. I have to do this thing or I it's, I'm not okay. And things around me aren't going to be okay. The expectations I think are those external things, right. That are coming from other people. Maybe it's from our significant other. Maybe it's from our kids. Maybe it's from our parents, you know, our extended family, our friends, people we work with, you know, just what they, what are their priorities? And here's what happens is when we don't put clear boundaries around our time, then everybody else's expectations come in and just take right over. And I often use the example of planting a garden, right? If you were to plant a garden, you've got a reason for that. You want what's, what's being planted to grow and produce a harvest. You want it to be fruitful, right? So you can enjoy the harvest of what's in there. So what you do is you clear out the space you get all the weeds out, right? You plant those seeds, you water, you make sure they have the sunlight and the nutrients they need. And you put some kind of a fence around that garden. Because if you don't, especially if you live where I live, all the bunnies and the squirrels and the deer are going to come traipsing right through and snatch all that away. And what, what you had intended to grow is not going to grow right? Because that deer has an expectation or, you know, a desire for whatever it is that's inside there. Like just, just like the other, you know, the other critters do. And so I think sometimes we buck against boundaries because it feels like I'm keeping people away. And yet what it's doing is it's us protecting what we're wanting to see grow, right? What God has said, this is what I want you to nurture. And so I'm putting a healthy boundary around that to keep those distractions out, to keep everyone else's expectations out, right? So they're not um, coming and taken over. And then we don't end up having any fruit from what was planted. Well, I think that's such a wonderful illustration. And I'm such a visual person. And I would imagine there are those listening, like that makes so much sense. You wouldn't just plant something like if you had intentions for something to grow then the things that you do beyond planting would be so that 
you're protecting, you're nurturing, you're being intentional, you're being purposeful, watchful, mindful, all of those things. But yet to translate that into our life as a whole. And I feel like really it goes back to the very first thing you said, which is it's it's a heart issue. Mm. And so mm. I think the first thing that we need to protect, nurture, grow, cultivate is that relationship with the Lord. Because so everything comes from that. And I know that you, I don't know if you had interviewed her, but it, uh, Gail, the master of your morning, talking about being intentional with our time with the Lord. Do right. you feel like a lot of times things can really be traced back to what does our relationship with him look like? like well, in, in working with people? I mean, what do you feel like? About that? Yeah. Well, and here's what I say. You're, if you go to most time management experts, they're going to go right to your calendar. Let me help you build your time blocks. Let me help you work on your to-do list. Let me help you, you know, do, do all these X, Y, and Z strategies and things like that. And those are all great things, but we are called to something different as believers we yeah. are called to, you know, steward, like you said, this time, I think about the parable, of the talents, right. And, yes. and, and that master, when he gave that talent to his servants, it was not so they could go bury it because he wasn't very happy with that guy who just barely maintained it. He wanted them to invest it in his kingdom. Right. And our, and our time is really just like those talents that he has given us to invest. And so I truly believe that it starts with our heart and with our relationship with him. And so when I build my models, we put faith at the center. You know, you see a lot of those, those wheels of life where there's all these different areas of your life, right? And faith is one of them. Um, and that was how I looked at things at one point. In my mind, I knew it was the most important, but it looked equal, equal all the way around. And then God really shaped, you know, kind of showed me, put this at the center. Because when you put the faith piece at the center, it is the foundation upon which everything else is built. And that therein, it gives meaning even to the mundane things of folding your laundry and washing your dishes, right? Because this is what God's called me to, to, you know, to take care of my home, to serve my family, to be a good steward of these things that I have. It gives meaning to those ordinary tasks and we can bring him into that experience. And so what I used to do, and I, I love that you brought up my interview with Gail, um, I used to like, be like, okay, God, our time together is, you know, this time on the couch. And I was really good about that. But then what I found I would do is I would get up from the couch and I was off in my day, the rest of the day, like it was just me. And God really had to show me like, this is not just, we get this little bit of time in the beginning of your day. And then, you know, you go off on your own. Like this is about us doing life together. Yeah. And it was a little over a year ago that I discovered around, uh, that I discovered this principle called the Emmanuel principle. Emmanuel means God with us. And, you know, so when Christ came, his name will be called Emmanuel, right? God with us. And what this principle talks about is that God has been inviting us into this relationship from the beginning of time. You look at creation and you go all the way to revelation and there are, you just see God continuing to reach out to man, to be in relationship with him. And if you read Revelation, one of my favorite verses is in, is in 21, it talks about the dwelling place of God is with man and he will be with them as their God. And, and they will be with him as, you know, his people. And it like says with, with, with like three times the one verse. Yeah. And it's like, that's what all of this is building towards. Yeah. So therefore 
that relationship, that with God relationship should make all the difference in how we spend our time. And not just in a few minutes in the morning, but in every area of our life. Inside of my program, I teach eight areas of our life that we need to pay attention to. Of course, our faith walk, because that's foundational. That's the center. But then we have our family, which is going to include marriage or kids or grandparenting or, you know, supporting aging parents and siblings and things like that. We have friendships, which are really vital. And sometimes, you know, we don't always make time for those, but we need those. We have our work service business, you know, what God's called us to do uh, with, with, you know, with, with that area of our life, we have our stewardship. So that's going to be our finances. Um, we have our wellness. That would be our body, right? Physical and mental. And then we have those passions, those desires, those dreams, those hobbies, those passions, you know, the things that fire us up and then our dwelling, right? We spend a lot of time in our homes taking care of it. And so I teach women how to live a with God life in all eight areas. And when you really stop, instead of just doing a bunch of things just to do them or doing them because, you know, your friend does it or your mom did it, or this is what the gal on Pinterest says to do, like sitting down with God and and asking him, like, what do you want this area of my life to look like in this season? And we get that, that with God vision. Now that's going to guide how I use my time. So when I work with women, yes, we go all this to say back to your question, we go to our relationship with God first and we let him guide where our time goes in all eight of those areas in our day, because as believers, our time should look different because we know it's all building towards eternity with him. And so we want to make sure we're investing it in things that are going to make a difference that are going to last longer than us that are building his kingdom. Like I said earlier, not just ours. Yeah. Wow. I feel like you said a lot there. I was writing and taking notes about those eight areas. And I feel like that definitely encompasses, it encompasses everything, right? You hit Mm -hmm. every, every area of our life. And I love the picture of the the circle you know and our faith is in the center and everything that we do should flow from that place and so do you i mean i would say that once we are in alignment with god and and we do put him first that everything after that should <laughs> come back to that relationship, right? Everything should flow out of that and come back to that. And so the things that we do spend our time on, the things that we are pursuing, we're meeting with God in the mornings and he is directing, we've mm-hmm. given over everything to him. Yes. And I wonder- One of the things I, that I- Go ahead. I was gonna say, one of the things that I do each morning to kind of keep me grounded in that way, but besides spending time in his word is I've recorded myself um, reading my with God life vision over the eight areas. And so I listen to it in the mornings and it's like me and God, you know, and like, I can see it. I feel it. You know, some of those things have already come, have already happened. And I once a year go in and update it. Um, some of those things are years down the road. I'm already praying for grandkids. I don't have, I'm already seeing, you know, things in my business that aren't happening yet. I'm already, you know, um, thinking about, you know, just, just things I know that God is leading towards And what I find is it keeps it top of mind and top of heart when we keep it in front of us. Because a lot of times we've had those, we've had those retreat moments, right? We've had those, those mountaintops where we got time with the Lord and we felt like, 
okay, God, we're doing this together, right? And then what happens? We get down off the mountain <laughs> and life happens and we get busy and it's like squirrel brain and we get distracted and all the shuns start coming in and we kind of lose sight of that vision. And so I really think there's such power in keep coming back to that, you know, vision and we keep laying it before him, you know, and there have been times where I thought like, okay, this feels like where we're going. And God was like, he intersected and brought something, you know, even better, which is always how it works, right? His ways are always better than ours. And, you know, I just, I, I hold that those plans, those dreams with open hands and just ask him to just put those things on my heart and take away the things that aren't supposed to be there and help me discern what is it that needs my attention today? Um, because we're not intended to do everything, you know, all at once, um, even though we would like to, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of the things I think that you led to is that surrender, mm. which is one of the things I was thinking, you know, that sometimes it's the the surrendering and the letting go of the control of all the things and really giving that over to the Lord and asking him for his vision for our mm -hmm. life. And even if that means laying down things that we've become attached to, maybe commitments or not wanting to disappoint somebody because we're having to just like, this is not something that I'm pursuing anymore. Or I think that's hard that it, it is a hard thing to do. But when you realize that God's best is the best, like, right? He, he knows this so well that he knows where we should be going and the things that we should be involved in. And so I guess surrender shouldn't be so hard. <laughs> Maybe it's a shift in perspective that we need realizing that it's not that God is taking things away from us or asking us to let go of things that we need or that are good for us. It's realizing that everything he has is for our best and for our good. Well, it's just like simplifying in your home, right? If you get so much stuff in your home, so much clutter, right? Now you've got all this stuff you have to maintain. It's going to cost you time, energy, money. You got to dust it or clean it or replace it, whatever it is. And so when you simplify, what you're doing is essentially creating space for the things that do matter. Because if you had 20 things on your shelf, right? And you're, pro you're probably not really noticing or giving the, the, the amount of attention to that one special thing that you really wanted to. But if you simplify and it's down to like two or three things, wow, like that one thing that really mattered pops out because it's not behind all this other clutter. And I think the same thing is true in our time and our calendars and the things that we're doing. And one thing that I help women go through is what I call the four D's, where we look at the things that we're doing, because you, but you're right. We, we say yes to a lot of things. And that doesn't mean it should always be a yes, just because we said yes at one point in our lives. So that's, it's good to pause and say, is this my best? Yes. I love that book by Lisa Turkhurst. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. It's actually a part of my program. You know, like how do we give our best? Yes. Not just a half. Yes. Not a resentful. Yes. Or a obligation. Yes. But like a best. Yes. So let me walk you through the four D's because I think this might be really helpful, especially if you're feeling like overwhelmed, like there's a lot here, right? It's a way to help you sort what is on your to-do list or what's in your calendar. Um, so the first D is delete. What are the things that just aren't needed, right? Like I just, it, it's not really adding a whole lot of value. The, the world would not fall off its axis. If this didn't happen, you know, this would be, you know, th this, this is just a non-essential. Uh, and I would be okay without it. And so would everyone around me, right? So 
there are always things we can delete, right? There are always things that we're doing that really don't need to be done, that we're giving time to, that really are not taking us towards that bigger vision, you know, that we have with God. So being, being able to like, let go of some of those things, right. It's that pruning process, but think about like pruning, what it does is it allows the, 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 all of the energy inside that plant to go to where the growth is happening, right. If there are all these other branches, it's all that, all that attention and, and uh, what's, you know, what's flowing through the plant is being spread out so much. So deleting things means it's, it can go to what's important. The second D is delegate. What are the things that do matter, but I'm not the only one who can do them. Mm. Right. I think sometimes we think, you know, well, yeah, it's easier for me to do it all. I'll do it all. And, and they may just be a bunch of little things that no big deal. Right. And yet together they snowball and ends up leading to a lot of anxiety or stress, or just a lot of, a lot of time, you know, are there things that you're doing that you're not the only one who can do them? You know, a simple example in your home is around cleaning and stuff. You know, maybe if you have kids still at home, they can be part of that process or maybe laundry. There's a good one, right? Like teach your kids to do the laundry, (laughs) you know, have a system around it. So you're not always having to, you know, think about it and feel like it's constantly, you know, going or, you know, or I have a friend who comes once a month and she does some deep cleaning in my house. That's like the best money I spend every month (laughs) is to have somebody come for like two hours while I'm doing something else that only I can do. And she just gives a real deep clean. And then I'm just kind of keeping things up, you know, the rest of the time, if it's in a business, you know, there are a lot of little tasks that we could delegate out, whether we're trading services with someone, whether we're paying someone to do it, you know, sometimes we just take it all on, but that doesn't mean we're, you know, not everything. Are we the only person who can do it? Yes. That's good. The, The third one is delay. And I always make this little disclaimer, delay is not the same thing as procrastinate. Procrastinate is, this is something I'm called to now. I don't want to, so I'm running to Nineveh, right? I'm going the other way, or I'm running to Netflix, or I'm running to the ice cream carton, or I'm running to the online shopping or whatever, because I just don't want to do this thing. That's different. Delay is, this matters. I am the person probably who needs to do this, but right now is not the best time. And we, you kind of started with that question in the beginning, right? But this time yeah. it's not because it's an excuse Yeah. now it's because either I'm something else God's called me to really give my full attention to. And so that means that this would take away from that. Cause every time we say yes to something, we're saying no to a bunch of other things, right? Right. Um, or this is so valuable, but right now I, I don't have the space to give it the time and attention it needs. So I'm going to intentionally place it in a later time, right? And this isn't just a someday plan. This is like, I'm going to revisit this tomorrow, or I'm going to revisit this next week or next month or January 1st. And then when you get to that time, you actually sit down and look at it again and determine, does this still really matter? And is now the time. And I have a friend who came up with this rule. I thought this was fantastic. If you have moved that thing and delayed it three times, so she puts a star next to it every time she delays it. If it has three stars next to it, she's like, it probably doesn't really matter. If it was that easy to push off that many times, maybe you need to go back and reevaluate. Maybe this is something that needs to go in the delete or just park it somewhere for a while. And then the last D is delight, right? Like here's where we get down to what is it that we're doing that brings us delight and brings the Lord delight. And, you know, are the things that I, that that's the category we want, we want to live in more often than not. Now, yes, there are still some mundane things around our homes or in our businesses that we have to do, but it's working towards something that's delighting. Um, and so that's just a way that you can kind of start sifting through the things that you're doing. Uh, it might be scary to do like a task audit uh, and a time audit. But I, again, this financial coach I just interviewed, she said she has people sit down and get all their finances on one piece of paper 
Because guess what? Until you can actually see it in one place, it's really hard to start making changes because you don't really, you're not really, if you're not aware of where all your time is going, just like your money, then it's going to be, you know, really challenging to figure out where it's being, you know, drained out, where it's being wasted, where it's being, you know, there's excess um, of it's being spent in certain areas that it shouldn't be. So you could do a time audit uh, or a task audit, and then use those four D's and go through, like, be aware of where your time is going and then start asking those questions. Which of these categories does this fit in? And uh, start letting that guide some of where your yeses are going. Yeah, well, that's so good. I hope that if you're listening, you're taking notes because I am. I I feel like that was a very, very good way that if we are feeling overwhelmed, that we can think about, you said, delete, delegate, delay, and delight. What are the things we can delete? What are the things we can delegate? The delay, putting them off and, and coming back and revisiting them. And then what are those things that just bring us so much joy that we delight in doing? That's so good. I feel like that's a great place to to wrap up, really. I mean, this topic as a whole could go on and on and on forever, right? And you have a podcast. And so um, Redeeming Her Time podcast, correct? Yes, Redeeming Her Time. (laughs) Yes, that I feel like you just take one piece and you could elaborate and that's one that's one whole episode. And I feel like we covered a lot, but we could keep going. But I think that you gave a really good way of someone to be able to assess where you are. If you're feeling overwhelmed, take a step back and really assess where you are and use those four D's to help you to assess. I think that was really, really good. And I love simplify the idea Mm -hmm. of simplifying, right? Because if we are saying yes to so many things, are we even doing all of those things with excellence? Probably Mm. not, right? Because we're spread so thin. And so it's, that's why it's so important that we're good stewards of our time. Um, Wow. So thank you, Lisa, so much just for coming on here. And I feel like you gave so much that we can walk away with those eight areas of our life. Um, Yeah. And then to assess And then the shuns, I wrote that down as well, um, because that was so good. Uh, So is there any any last words that you want to, any last encouragement that you want to leave us with? Yes. Here's what I want to say. When you don't feel like you have enough time, first of all, remember, God is the author of time. He is beyond time. You know, he has given you, like we said earlier, an abundance of time for what he has called you to. But the thing that I find for women is that we get up and we start pouring out all day long. Right. And, and it's almost like we, again, take that on as this badge of honor, this martyr of, you know, I'm giving my time to everyone else. And yet if you are really thirsty on a hot summer day and you come to me and my cup is empty, I can't give you anything to drink no matter how much I want to. And I truly believe that we end up, you know, trying to pour from an empty cup all the time and wonder why we feel so exhausted and drained and we're not able to pour out in the way we want to. So I would just encourage those of you listening, even when you don't feel like you have enough time, the the first step is to fill up before you pour out, right? Like, you know, to fill up with him, to fill up our body, our mind, our spirit, because when we are filled up, then we can pour out you know, and allowing him to replenish you and him to fill you. And that's going to give you that direction and discernment for where your time should be going and for who you're called to pour into. 
Um, and so I would just love to give permission and direction. In fact, I put together a free guide I'd love to offer your audience called the yes. Fill Your Cup First Guide, um, which walks you through why is this so important? What would I even do if I did, you know, take time for filling up? And when in the world would I find time to do this? When would I actually make the time to do this? Because we all know you'll never find it. You have to make it. Um, and then just the difference that that makes in every area. And what I have found, what my clients have found is that when you take the time to fill up, it multiplies your time. It's crazy how kingdom math works. It's like the opposite of what we think, right? We think, oh, I got to get up earlier. I got to stay up later. I got to figure out ways to be more efficient and multi multitask all day long. And yet God's, God's truth says, slow down, right? And then, then let me make it, make your time abundant. And so I would just say permission and direction to do that. Um, and so the, the link to that is redeemhertime.com forward slash fill. And you can grab that fill your cup first guide and just get started there because that, that will make all the difference in the rest of your time. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Kingdom math isn't what we, isn't regular math, right? Because he multiplies. That's so good. And I'll make sure all the links to everything, because you have a free community as well. Um, and then you have your podcast. So there's so many ways that we can, um, listen in and lean in and hear more about how we can redeem our time. So I'll make sure that all the links are in the show notes. And thank you again, Lissa, for joining us. And thank you again for listening, those of you who are listening. And I do hope that you will take advantage of what Lissa has offered and just be more intentional about stewarding our time.